Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Well, hello everyone. I'm Shannon. And I'm Jerry. Betty White. She does not have her own microphone yet. We've got to work on that. But she's sitting in a sunspot here with us. And we are back for episode 71 of the Arner Adventures podcast. Yes, sirree. And today we have a spark in our lives episode with a true spark. You'll agree once we start the conversation. But before we get to her, we would love to ask if you could be a spark in our lives and give us a five-star reviewer rating. You have no idea what it means for us to see those. It really lights us up. It really does. I. It really does light us up, Jer. I'm glad that that was the way you described it because you're so right. It does. And they always seem to come at just the the right time, don't they? Well, yeah. And we well, we tend to see them in the morning a lot, too, when we're yeah. going through things and they've come through at some point. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a good way to start your day. Yeah. And that's for sure. And I will say, I know over on Spotify, I listen to my podcast on Spotify, so I know you can't actually say anything, like type anything out, but many of you are going through and giving us the five stars. And really, thank you so much. We see it. We, I was going to say we hear you, but uh, figuratively, we hear you. And so we are very, very appreciative. And let's just clarify, if you're listening to this, you're already a spark in our lives. We'd Love your support in that way. If you could also bonus, am I asking for too much here? Oh no, no. Okay. No. If I if <laughs> if you could please subscribe to the podcast, you know, both of those things, the subscribing, the reviews and ratings, they help serve us up to people like you who may be interested in content like this. Oh, and the momentum are that's our word right Ooh. now. And just the momentum of of building and building with more people is uh just does our heart good. You know what I'm saying? It really does. Yeah. Well, look, today's guest. Wow. Wow. You know, if, if I had the royalty rights or the ability to do it, this is where I would put in Post Malone's wow. Right. <laughs> it, it, the song would go really well here. Uh -huh. Miss Jackie. I mean, she was and is a firecracker, right? Oh, yeah, indeed. She was just a positive energy, like, like, right up there with anybody we've talked to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jackie Pugh is our guest and what an interesting guest she was, man. So much light. She talks about how to light your own fire. So let's just get into it. Let's, before we do that, um, then we could insert the door song there. Oh, I mean, yeah. what? we got so much music in this one. I wish, <laughs> I wish we, you know, we wouldn't get in trouble if we did that. But, right. Okay. You all, you all get it. It's going to be a, a wow factor. Some light in our fires. Let's just get into it. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, you are just going to love our guest today. Our guest is Jackie Pugh. Jackie is a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming and a certified life and emotional intelligence coach with an emphasis on singles, helping people all around the world use their old flame to light their new fire. Talk about a spark in our lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> through humor, knowledge, and experience, she guides her clients through uncovering blocks, and ineffective life patterns that have been holding them back, followed by introducing massive actions in order to activate major desired life changes. We love that Jackie is a mental health advocate. She has spoken at multiple summits around the nation, and she's been featured on Fox, multiple podcasts, and various summits. Fun fact, Jackie holds the title of United States of America's Miss Illinois 2019. Jackie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I was like, what's the fun fact? <laughs> I forgot that was in there. <laughs> I think I think that is so exciting. And so um yeah, I think that's a fun fact. 
that right? is fun. Mm -hmm. How can it not be? <laughs> right. Yeah. Before we get into it, we like to sort of paint a, a picture for our listeners to know where are you coming to us from? Chicago. What uh, our audience does not see is that you've got a very cozy background with like your um, twinkle lights and it's just very cozy. It makes me kind of want to grab a warm blanket and just <laughs> cozy have cat on my feet. I have the cozy blanket. And when you're like, oh, we like to do it. So we stay warm and cozy. I'm like, this is my type of vibe. Like we're going to. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Okay. Well, we love that. We figured, you know, Miss Illinois, but you know, you might not still be there. So, you know, especially after COVID, a lot of people left where they were. So we just wanted to get a mental picture. Yeah, that is where <laughs> actually it's, it's a funny story because I was not living in Illinois when I became Ms. Illinois 2019. I lived all over the country. Like I just came back home and it was because of my sash that I ended up back in Illinois. It's a fun okay. it's, it's super interesting how the world works. <laughs> it really yeah. is. So I guess that's not a, um, uh, maybe a requirement that you have an address in there or did you, were you able to like to I use? Did. I, I work remote. So, okay. um, so I, was primarily in Denver, but I'm from I'm from Illinois. I'm from Chicago, so okay. I had like my space in in Chicago as well. But at the time, I was primarily in Denver. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Well, first, before we get into anything, and this may just be ignorance on our end, but what is neuro linguistic programming, and what makes you a neuro linguistic programmer? <laughs> it's a mouthful. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So mouthful. Um, have you guys ever heard of Tony Robbins? Yep. yep. Okay. So Tony Robbins, he's huge into NLP. I actually didn't even know that until last year. Um, but we do very similar work with our clients. We're just obviously on different scales right now. Um, but but neurolinguistic programming is one of my favorite things. It pays attention to the words that we speak, it pays attention to body language, it pays attention to um, like all the little nuances that you wouldn't normally pay attention to. And when you do, the way that you can start changing your life is mind blowing. It's mind blowing because whatever, whatever phrase, whatever sentence we have going on in our brain, whatever belief that we have about something, all our brain cares about is living or dying. That's it. Or I should say our ego. Our ego is not a bad thing. Our ego is there to protect us and it only cares about living or dying. And so when you hear of those people who always have to quote unquote be right, they're so egotistical. They always have to be right. But really, it's just that there's a part of their brain that more than likely went through some type of trauma. And the more that they can be right, the more that they feel safe. And the outcome is I've been here before. I'm right. The belief in my head is right, whether it's how I want to feel or not. And I'm not going to die. That's it. That's all that it cares about. So it's important to pay attention to the sentences going on in our minds because our brain's going to go out there and it's going to look for evidence to prove whatever that is true. I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. I'm not in shape enough. I'm not attractive enough. Where's evidence to prove that true? So uh, we really, really look at the language. And then in terms of actually rewiring our brains, I do a lot of visualization type of techniques. Some people have been going to therapy for, I have clients literally who've been going to therapy for 25 years. And in week five, they're like, I had no idea I could ever feel this way. No idea. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. You know, yeah. we were yeah. uh, watching this documentary. Um, is it Stutz? Stutz. S-T-U-T-Z. Yeah, he he uh, he wrote a book called The Tools, but he he's a, a therapist. I think he's a psych psychologist or a therapist or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, mm -hmm. he was saying that so many people go into therapy and they are there for years and years and they're not able to walk away with something that actually helps them. And, and I, by no means I'm not downing therapy, but what I am saying is that people need tools. They need something to walk away with. And this sounds like it's right with, with that mode of thinking is that, okay, you're going to have tools to implement, to change the way that your brain is working. Exactly. And I, I think you nailed it on the head. And, and I'm not putting therapy down either because I've done therapy myself. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, you know, everybody's therapist is different. But generally speaking, what I have found for myself, sounds like from what you're sharing, with literally every single one of my clients, their experience with therapy has been, it's wonderful to have an unbiased opinion to like kind of 
blah, like vent, get all the things out. It's wonderful to have that. You may or may not get a new perspective, but a lot of times what I see is it can kind of keep people, um, I don't want to say stuck, but kind of more grounded in the past mm-hmm. forward. Like it's constantly like talking about your past and going through those things, or you only have an hour with your therapist, right? Yeah. So you sometimes you can't see your therapist for another month. Yeah. And so you're like, I need to get this out and you vent and it's great. And they may or not give you that new perspective. And then you can't go back or contact your therapist until a month later. And then you tell them the same exact story, just a different circumstance. Yeah. Right? The pattern stays. And with coaching, at least the way that I do it in, in, in my private practice and in my group program is we're going to look at that past. And it's not going to be fun. It's going to be the least amount of fun that you have. <laughs> it's part of the program where everybody's like, I'm sorry, you want me to do what? Like, just yeah. trust me. Like, just trust me. And I've never, ever, ever not had one person come back and not say thank you. I feel so much lighter. So we are going to tackle that past, but we're not going to relive it. And then we immediately are like, okay, why are we operating the way that we're operating? What are we going to do about it? Here's some tools for it. And we have constant contact, constant communication. And most of my clients do it in a group. So there's other people going through it with them. So 24-7, there's usually somebody for somebody to reach out to so that you can nip that pattern in the butt versus going down the spiral. And now I'm going to talk about it later. Like, I don't want to hear you talk about the same thing next week. I want to hear something. It worked or it didn't work. Like, if it didn't work, let's find something else. At what point? Did you, and I know that you, you uh, focus a lot on helping singles and people, you know, moving through whatever difficulties they have with that and life changes and all that. But uh, what, was there a catalyst of something that made you want to help people with relationships with themselves or outside? Like what, what sort of guided you to the path that you're on? What's a phrase? Uh, Those who can't do teach, right? (laughs) (laughs) So many heartbreaks, so many heartbreaks, like breakup wise. Um, And it was the same type of relationship that I was in over and over and over. And then I had moved to Denver, like I had mentioned, and it was the same stuff there. And then I was in, I was at the time doing real estate full time and I hated it. There's nothing wrong with real estate. I was good at it because I cared about people. But I, I did not have this desire to wake up and go buy or sell houses to somebody. I yeah. knew that I wanted to be a coach. And then all these other things coming from society and family and what they think you should do with your life. I found myself in a place where I literally could not get out of bed for two months. I didn't work for two months. I like the idea of 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 having to do something that did not light me up. I was abandoning myself. Um, I I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And then one day I finally made it to the couch and I sat there and I was like, what is the common denominator? All of the unfulfillment in my life and my families, my romantic relationships and money and, and, and career and friends and the amount of fun that I'm having, my stress, like what's the common denominator? Because when I figure it out, I'm going to blame it so hard. Like I could not wait. And then I figured it out. And I was like, it's me. (laughs) How could it be me? (laughs) And then I was dumb to myself for about maybe five minutes. And then I had a realization. It was like, if I'm the common denominator in all the unfulfillment in my life, then that means I actually have the power to change it. I'm not waiting for the boss to change or the job to change or the friends to change or the guys to change or the family to change. Like I'm not waiting for any of those things to change. I get to change it. And when the student is, is ready, the teacher appears. And my life coach launched on Facebook. Hey, here's this group self-development program that I'm doing. And I just, I got tingles all over my body. It's like, I don't know how much it costs. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. But I know that's my way out. That's my way out of how I'm feeling. And so I didn't have a savings. I wasn't working for two months. I found a way out of no way. And it was $5,000. I signed up. I, I did the damn thing. I committed like that was my job. And I, I changed my whole life, my whole life from the inside out. And the, the I've healed relationships. I've let relationships fall off maybe that I used to chase. Yeah. I have more space for healthier, more meaningful relationships in my life. The people that I'm attracted to now romantically is different. Mm. Um, I've healed from past breakups that were just kind of like paralyzing me and keeping me in those patterns. I worked through family dynamics and, and I, I felt internally free and fulfilled. This 
episode is brought to you by Southern Oak Artisan. Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles that are not only aesthetically pleasing, but are safe to breathe since they are made with non-toxic ingredients and they're not overwhelming like other candles you may be used to. Between morning brew, lemon bake, lavender, there's just so many scents to choose from. Southern Oak Artisan 100% natural soy candles are handmade in our home state here in North Carolina, but lucky you. They ship all over the U.S. Yes, lucky indeed. Head over to arneradventures.com slash Southern Oak Artisan, where you can grab our discount code and link to save on your soy candle purchase. That's arneradventures.com slash Southern Oak Artisan. It's also in the show notes. And now back to the show. No matter what my life looked like on the outside. And I was like, I need to give this to other people. Like, they don't teach you this in school and people need this. Like, it is go time. (laughs) Right. They, they don't teach so much of what we need to deal with in school. And I wish that they did. Um, I feel like, you know, my mom used to always say when, and my mom raised my brother and I on her own. And so she was very wanting to instill all these things in me and not so much my brother because he was a guy and, you know, whatever. But I remember she used to always say to me, um, the person you, you end up being with should be an addition to your life, not your life. But I think we also, um, you know, you have to believe that and you have to, you have to change what's in here. And so, I, yeah, I wish that I would have uh, met you and your program years ago before, well, of course, before I met Jerry. But <laughs> you got a good one though. So I think, <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think that when you said, that's why we were chuckling when you said the common denominator, I think we say that a lot about things. If we're complaining, this always happens. This always happens. It's like, wait, what's the common denominator? And we almost always go, Oh, yeah. it's, it's me. Yeah. 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 We figured that out more and more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so you, you got into coaching and you, I love that. Um, and it also goes into what we always talk about with, the worst thing ever is having someone who quote unquote is trying to help you who hasn't been through what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And so hearing that, not that I'm happy you went through it, but hearing that you went through it. And yeah. now when you are coaching other people, you're able to empathize in a way to say, no, I've been through this shit. I know exactly what you're going through. So now let's deal with it. I'd much rather deal with someone who's dealt with hardships than not. You know, so when you say teaching, you know, the not doing, but you've been through it. I've been through it. I've been through Mm -hmm. it. At the time it was, I didn't know how to have a healthy relationship. Right. And so I wanted to learn, like I wanted somebody to teach me and then I wanted to teach people. But now, now I I have figured that out. Like 50% of my single clients have now found loving, healthy, reciprocal relationships. My married clients have improved their relationships. The people who were dating are now married or engaged. Um, and some people broke up because they realized, what am I doing? <laughs> this person yeah. with me. So it can go that way. It can go that way as well. So for our audience who are listening, who um, are single, whether, you know, it's by choice, they're, they, if they're afraid to get into a relationship, they've been burned too many times. And then speaking of burn that you, you say, <laughs> you know, looking, looking to light their new fire, as you say, what advice, of course, working with you, but other than that, if you could just kind of share a nugget with them, what advice would you have for someone who is in that situation? I get it. I get it. I would say um, a lot of my clients are in that place. I've been in that place as well. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, let yourself let yourself feel burnt out. Like let yourself take that time off. I took 18 months like straight of not dating to mm-hmm. just reconnect to myself, figure out who the heck am I? Why am I attracted to these type of people? Right? If you're feeling burnt out and you're having the same type of patterns over and over and over, that might be something juicy for you to sit down and look at. Like, (laughs) what's the denominator here, right? Not necessarily saying that you cause somebody to cheat on you or you cause somebody to abuse you in some type of way. That is not what I'm saying or that you deserved that. Mm -hmm. But if you're choosing to stay in it or you're choosing to overlook red flags or you are constantly attracted to the bad boy or the bad girl, there is a pattern there and there's an attraction to, cause what, like when we're, um, 
when we're little, depending what happens in our lives growing up, it can even be like your very first boyfriend in junior high or something, your girlfriend in junior high, something small happened or didn't work out. And then you have this mindset around love. Um, we, Whatever we experience when we are little, we want to re-experience again in the future, like we, I mentioned a little bit earlier. So our brain will literally start to look for, oh, what is something unhealthy? Or somebody that we know it's probably not going to work out with. Or growing up, love was chaotic. Now my brain associates love with chaos or love with people who leave. And so now I need to find that so I can keep experiencing that. So if you're burnt out because you're experiencing the same types of people and situations, that would I would say sit down and start writing out what are my patterns? What are my patterns? And what is the lesson that I learned? From each relationship, mm-hmm. I take responsibility, not with uh, from a place of regret or blame or shame or guilt, but like when we blame everybody else, when I sat there on the couch and I blamed everybody else, that word responsibility can be really triggering for people. Like I didn't cause that. Like why do I have to take responsibility? Right. But when we're blaming somebody or something outside of ourselves, we're literally saying, Hey, I'm giving you a silver platter with all of my power and all of my value. And you get to tell me whatever I do with it. And so when we just sit there and we're a victim to the dating pool, we're a victim to um, our exes and we're not willing to take our power back by saying, hey, this was my part. Right. Or I put up with this, I shouldn't. Or I keep looking for the same type of person online. I'm so sick and tired of the dating pool, but I'm not willing to be vulnerable with people because I'm tired of the dating pool. But now I need other people to be vulnerable with me. And it, it's cliche, but if we want it to change, it gets to start It gets to start with you. And if you want more intimacy, you got to start cultivating that in your life first. I feel like this could, the, the situation for so many things, you know, whether it's an unhealthy relationship or an unhealthy lifestyle or I don't know, so just so many things that in our lives that we're in this rut or routine of always doing these things and putting these things in a place that are so negative for us. Right. Oh yeah. Cause her and I are always sort of looking got, I think we've developed a little bit of self-awareness on, on negative patterns. Um, Even I, negative self-talk and negative self-talk. Yeah. We're pretty big. Yeah. On that, yeah. <laughs> and we call each yeah. other out on it. Like, I mean, I did it just a few days ago and, and, and just, but I think the progress is realizing that we do it. And then, you know, it's like the whole thing. Would you, would you allow someone else to talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yourself? Would you allow your best friend to be treated the way that you are being treated? No. It's a mindfulness thing. Right. And then it's, um, and then it's like, I think when I was younger and I, I think you too, I don't think my mind ever slowed down. So I didn't have time to really actually look and see. And I've just learned that over time, how to slow my brain down a little bit. And then you start noticing uh, patterns and such. Yeah. The key too. that's something that I, for to answer that question, like what's something else that I can do. A lot of times people want to jump from relationship to relationship, like on the opposite spectrum. Right. And they are me. That, that was me. That was me. I like, I would go on two a day dates. I would have one at six and then one at eight. Like I was not playing around. And I never took the time to just be, I never, I was literally just taking all of my pain and trauma from each relationship or each bad date onto each bad date. And expecting that that person was miraculously going to fix it and just immediately earn my trust and be perfect without me communicating anything. Um, So I would take that time to just be because when you're by yourself, when you don't stay busy, when you're not running to this event or that thing, which I do think it's important to stay social, Mm -hmm. um, especially if we're feeling down. But it's also important to to allow those feelings into like, you know, when, when my clients do my program, there's no there's no substances. There's no dating, like there's no drinking, there's no coffee, there's no, like whatever your vices are, are gone because you have to sit there and you have to feel whatever it is that you've been suppressing for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Deal with it if we know what's there. So I would, I would take a little break from dating. If you're feeling burnt out, sit, figure out what's there, write out your patterns, your lessons. What are you going to do about it moving forward? Because I also see so many people 
I get so passionate. <laughs> I, see, <laughs> I see so many people who, who are self-aware and they do write down, they're like, yeah, I know I do this. I know that I cheat. I know it's not a good thing. I actually even know why I do it. It's because I saw this happen or that happen, or I do self-sabotage. And, or you're dating somebody and they're like, yeah, I know I do this thing and I know I shouldn't and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh my gosh, it could be so attractive. This person's so aware, right? They're so aware. But if you're aware of what you're doing and you're not taking action to change it, like get help to change it if you need it, well, now it's just becoming literally an extension of who you are, right? It's not, um, it's not admirable that you are aware and you're choosing not to do something about it. Why do you think that is? Okay, for example, uh, someone who cheats, usually they saw that when they were a child or whatever and they implement, but they know they do it and they know why they do it. Why do you think it is that they don't change? Well, a lot of people are, you know, society says it's not okay to have an emotion. It's not okay mm-hmm. to have an emotion. So whether it, whether you're a girl or a guy or whoever, like primarily for men, right? It, it's It's extra not okay for you guys. And so when we experience something, we're like, mm, that one's not cute. I'm going to shove it down and I'm going to carry it with me everywhere I go. And like energy attracts like energy. And then I think keep building up and building up. And, and you know, there's different attachment styles when it comes to relationships. If you guys have heard of attachment styles. Uh-huh. And a lot of people um, have avoidance. And if you're in an avoidant attachment style, the last thing you want to do is sit there and feel your feelings. Like you do everything at all costs to avoid it everything at all costs to avoid it. Um, and if, if you are somebody who, you know, it, it could be like deep down, usually the issue, unless somebody has like a chemical imbalance or something like that, right? But usually deep down the issue is that you don't feel worthy of love. You don't mm-hmm. trust that other people are, are not going to abandon you. So I might as well abandon them first. Or I need more attention. I didn't get enough from other people. And what if my partner doesn't give it to me? Or they're not giving me enough. So I'm going to go get it from someplace else. Or I'm going to self-sabotage. It comes from like a really, really deep wounded place typically. And it, it's, I wouldn't know how to navigate that on my own. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to navigate that on my own. Even if I was aware, I needed help with that. And that, and that's okay. And I think that there's a stigma around mental health, right? You know? Yeah. Oh, you need a therapist. Like you're in therapy. You know, it's looked yeah. frowned upon. But um, you know, like like we talked about, they they teach us how to do math. They teach us about the planets, they teach us how to draw in cursive, although I hear not anymore. I heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Different podcast. Um they teach us how to do the they teach us what to think in school. They don't teach us how to think. They don't teach us how to deal with emotions. They don't teach us how to deal with life or how to have healthy relationships. This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. We are big on productivity tools. When someone asks me what top productivity tools I recommend, one of the first is Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an email marketing platform that just makes things so much easier. We used to use MailChimp, but when I started doing a little bit more research, I found that Flowdesk makes email marketing more personal, it's less expensive, it's more aesthetically pleasing, and takes less time to implement. When I work with digital marketing clients, the first thing I recommend is that they make the switch to Flowdesk. There are so many beautiful layouts, workflows, and makes the recipient experience much more pleasant, which is what we all want. If you're looking to make a change to your email marketing platform, I highly recommend Flowdesk. I have a 50% off link for you to use. Head over to arneradventures.com slash Flowdesk. Give Flowdesk a try if you like it, which you're going to. You can save some money on your subscription. It will be linked in the show notes too. It's arneradventures.com slash Flowdesk. And now back to the show. So the way that I look at it is when you decide to get quote unquote help or support or just I'm going to work on my mental health and emotional intelligence, like I'm saying, hey, I'm signing up for my master's degree right now, and I want to learn the stuff that they refuse to teach us in school. I see what you got over there, and I want it. Like, give it to me. Yeah. percent <laughs> <laughs> of the world's population works on themselves. And so that 4%, like, I want what you got. Like, give me what you got. And oh, that's wow. what development is. 
Ah. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Thankfully, now there's therapy is a little more accepted too. It's getting better. There's still a lot of stigma, but yeah, uh, that's so interesting. You know, the common thread that we hear with people um, who who are helping others, like like yourself, is that you for the rest of your life you should constantly be trying to be more self aware and try to help yourself, and that you know that's just the way life should be. You should constantly be wanting to do better. And so, gosh, when you talked about that number being so low, that's a real shame. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, that was a couple years ago. That was like, but right no, I mean, but um, that's, yeah. it's a shame because I think that, um, yes, it, like you, we talked about earlier with, with therapy or even with, you know, working with you and dealing with all the repressed stuff, it's hard. And, and revisiting things is hard. I know you were looking at me when we were talking about the avoiding thing. I would rather think about anything other than something that's going to make me sad because then I know I have to deal with it. And that, so I definitely have avoidance issues. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you constantly want to try to do better and be a better person. Yeah. The Netflix special we, we were watching last night too, that was <laughs> funny because the two of them, well, it was actually a professional comedian or actor with the the guy and they both could not go so long without deferring to some kind of humor you know it was like yeah they because they tense. were avoiding it was like yeah uh uh avoiding with with humor and it was kind of funny at times because you could just see they were just ready to make a, the joke and but they were trying to be serious you know you probably see that a lot right oh yes oh yes. yeah like usually the class clown is because of some type of insecurity yeah. Yeah. You do love me a good class clown, though. I like to joke around. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I mean, we all need humor. <laughs> yeah. If we're doing it out of a space for attention, like a class clown does. It's coming from a place of insecurity. And, yeah, people, like, when, when I'm looking at online dating profiles, um, and my, my girlfriend and I go, like, we swipe at the end of our podcast through dating profiles and talk about them. And one uh-huh. of the biggest things that you'll see is we'll get along if you're sarcastic. We'll get along if you can pick up on my sarcasm. We'll get along if, like, or I'm a sarcastic. Everything is about sarcasm. And when I see that, I immediately know, more than likely, there's not a lot of emotional intelligence going on here. Like, Ah. somebody who wants to constantly deflect with humor. You can never have a serious conversation. They're avoidant. And I'm a recovering anxious and disorganized attachment style. So that ain't going to work. Like, (laughs) <laughs> Why do you tell me you're sarcastic? Because this will not work. You will have me cry. Oh. Like <laughs> you guys heard it here first yeah. that that you do not need to be putting that. That is so interesting, <laughs> and I feel like people even say that. Like you need to be, you need to understand my sarcasm. You need to be able to deal with my sarcasm. I think you seem to hear that more and more nowadays mm-hmm. too. Like I didn't used to hear that as much, but wow. a lot of people like to defer to that. Like, and and almost like with a with a source of pride. It's yeah. all, it's very prideful. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. there's a huge difference between being witty and being sarcastic, right? Yeah. I like being witty. I like joking around, but I'm not going to say things that are mean to you to make you question if I mean it or not. I'm not going to put ideas <laughs> in your mind. Like, I'm not going to deflect with some type of, of humor. Like, it's just, just not my cup of tea. Um yeah. And it shows me that like there's probably work there to do. If that's the most important thing to you and you feel like you have to put that on your dating profile and there's something deeper there, like obviously yeah. popping up a lot where the, per- the people that you're dating are like, I can't, I can't handle this. And now you're blaming other people for not being able to put up with your sarcasm, but really it's you having a defense mechanism to protect yourself. Right. I bet that just developed some terribly codependent relationships to all the sarcastics getting together. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Now they have a way to find each other on the dating sites. <laughs> yeah, right. they can. They can. Wow. So do you have, um, I know that you help people through life changes as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you have a, do people come to you and say, okay, um, I don't even want to talk about the dating world. I have this going on and I need help with it. Like, I'm just thinking 
everything you do with the neuro-linguistic programming can help with so many things. So, I mean, you work with other people who are dealing with life things too, right? Yeah. So, um, when I, so it was kind of like, you know, when you start a business and it's like, okay, I have to know my target demographic, right? Yeah. So I knew I was going to be a life coach. That's what I wanted to do after I had found mine. Um, but then, then I was like, there's got to be a niche. Like, what is the niche? And and then I thought about myself and I was like, I saw the dating pool go from something that was okay to something that we dread and like nobody's helping it. I need to help it. So it started out with me promoting to singles. Um, I have not been married. I have helped people improve their marriages and things like that. But I find, um, I don't know, I just, I just find joy in seeing people who feel, not that I, not that I see them feeling, like I'm not happy that I see them feeling down, but people who do feel stuck um, in their life. And when it comes to love and primarily self-love, like I didn't realize that was my problem. That was my problem with self-love. Mm -hmm. And um, and seeing them create a life that they love, that they feel fulfilled in, that just brings me so much joy. So when people come to me, usually they are coming from a place of, um, some people it's that said they're feeling stuck or lost or depressed, confused in life. Um, and then some people it is coming from a frustration or breakups from, you know, relationships and stuff like that. But at the end of the program, what they end up getting is literally full life transformation. We mm -hmm. hit every single, like every single part of their life gets touched on from health to fitness, to family, to friends, to fun, to Finances, like most people end up making more money or starting their own business or getting their dream job, like all the areas of their life change. But it's because we're focusing on their internal world and just naturally their external world changes. Right. It's a very um, holistic approach where, you know, you where it's like a plate and they all they all fit. And once you fix mm -hmm. the core of yourself, all the rest of it sort of falls into place. That makes sense. It's kind of sneaky, like it's sneaky in a way, you know, because it's like <laughs> they think that they're coming like well, they don't think, but they're coming because they're like frustrated in one area of their life. But I know at the end of this, like every area of your life is going to be different, but it's wow. a way to get your foot in the door to start working on yourself to make those changes. Like so many people ask me, Jackie, how do you deal with it? Like, how do you deal like hearing people's stories. Don't you hear a lot of sad stuff all day long? Don't you see people crying and sobbing? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I, I'm a very empathetic person as wow. well. And I was a little bit worried about that right before I started coaching. But because I've been there, when they, like, I'm literally a cheerleader. I'll just sit and be like, yeah, I'm going to keep crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> get it out. Get it out. Because I know where they're going. I can yeah. see the way. I know what's on the other side. I've, I've been there. I've been through it. We're going to get you here, but this is part of it. Mm. So, but, but that's what leads them to success in all the areas. Mm. That's such a healthy, healthy thing. You know, uh, compassion fatigue. We, we had a business in the pet industry before we changed our whole life. And, you know, but we were so, we did not handle it well. Like we didn't years of the, you know, these, these beings you love so much and then they're gone and we never processed it. We never dealt with it. And so it just, there's so much compassion in, in that world. And then when you're helping others, period, any being and you're helping, there's so much compassion and empathy when you're doing it the right way. But you have to have now looking back, you have to have either a way that you're taking care of yourself or um, working with someone like you. And I'm just thinking things could have been so different, but I mean, you know, they work out the way they need to work out for us. They did, but we stopped when we, when we did, but we were burned out from the compassion and all of that that we put forth. So I'm glad to hear you say that, that, you know, you're able to look at it and go, okay, but there's a brighter side. And I know that they're getting there and I'm going to get them there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so many times I think that you, you, when you're in it too, you don't see that there's a bright side and you need someone to lead you there. Yeah, I didn't. Like I needed like that one person. My coach was that one person that he always believed in me and just know even now to this day. And I always stay in coaching, but I'm in like a tiny little mini program of his now. Yeah. Just knowing that I'm going to be in his energy and his vortex, like mm. that's all that I need. 
Not that I need like any type of validation, anything, but just knowing that like there's that one person that always sees my light, even when I can't, it just oh. it reminds me of my own light. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, love, I love that the energy yeah. the vortex i love that oh yeah, you got great energy too so do you guys thank you yeah. so your podcast you talked about it stop fucking settling okay we're definitely gonna link it below we're gonna start listening to that so uh tell us about that tell us uh you know what what kinds of topics you i think we know but tell us what kinds of topics you you talk about and you know the flow yeah. Um, it's it's really fun how it got started. I was thinking about moving to Austin and there was a, a girl that I had just kind of met, so to speak, and she had a studio above her apartment or above her house that was furnished. She's like, well, you can come rent it for me. And I was like, great. So I went down for a month to check it out and I really liked it. So then I stayed for two months and she's a love coach. So speaking of attachment styles, I'm more recovering from the anxious side and she can lean more toward the avoidant side. So I would go out on all these dates because I'm new to the city. You know, it was like, you know, you get that fun new energy. So we would talk about my dates or we would talk about friends dates and what's going on. And we would just have these hysterical conversations. Like we'd be cracking each other up, like hysterical conversations about love and dating and life while we were eating our peanut M&Ms and peanut, M and peanut butter M&Ms because we don't really drink, but that was like our version of it. It's so like three, four o'clock in the morning. And we would walk away and be like, that was so valuable. I just learned so much because she has the complete different perspective than I do when it comes to relationships and stuff because she sways the other way. And then we just like, we kept wanting to collaborate. We didn't know how. And we're like, we should just like, we're joking. We should just set up a mic in our PJs and just like <laughs> record these conversations because they're so helpful. So that's what we do now. We don't do them in our PJs, but um, it's called, it's, we also don't really swear. Like okay. we'll swear so passionate about something like we'll, we'll swear, but it's not like we don't drop the F-bomb like every five minutes, like some people. And so we're like, what are we going to call it? What are we going to call it? <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm not judging. <laughs> not something that it's like something that, like I reserve for like a moment when like, I'm like really feeling it. And then, you know, you know, like no right. feeling. Yeah. But so we're like playing with all the words and we're like, stop. We're like, stop settling on like all these things. And we're like, stop fucking settling. Like that's just when we want to shake our clients. They stop fucking settling. Like, <laughs> like, go do something else. Like, stop fucking settling for these things that are not fulfilling you. And we're like, ooh, can we have the word fuck? Like, it's kind of our edge. Like, we don't know. We don't know if we want that. We're like, because it's our edge, we have to do it. So uh, it's called stop fucking settling. We say the shit your friends won't say with the relationship with Jackie and Erica. <laughs> So just put all of them in there, all the swears in there. <laughs> and then you're clean the rest of the time. No, no. And then we just, we just like, it's just like how we're talking in here. Um, yeah. We started yeah. like two girls talking because we thought we're like, it's really important for people to see because you do see Tony Robbins. You do see all these huge names and the highlight rules and in front of all these people. And, and a lot of people on Instagram are like, I'm a self-development guru and all these things. And they only show the highlight reel. Yep. And then you think that their life is perfect. And then you're working on yourself and you're having breakdowns and sobbing. And, and you're like, well, they have all this going on. And that's not real. That's not real. It's not, yeah. you can never attain that. So you're always going to feel a fa like a failure if you're working in somebody's presence like that, in my opinion. Yeah. So I will cry sometimes on Instagram. So not, I don't force myself from going through something. I'll, I'll let people see me cry. Um, and we're like, people need to see that we are coaches. We know what we're talking about. We help people through these things. And we're still real people. Yeah. So we talk about anything from life to love to relationships to birthdays, like the, the world is our oyster on the podcast, but we always bring it back to some type of um, lesson that you can learn from it. And it's, yeah. fun. it's super fun. And we always swipe on people at the end so you can hear about dating. I, I mean, I love that. I'm so <laughs> nosy. I'm going to want to go and do that. This episode is brought to you by Dan and Dan. If you're a longtime listener, you've probably heard us tell you before that about two to three CBD brands reach out to us every week. It wasn't until we started digging into the research that we learned CBD isn't always CBD and they're not all the same. Danadan Hempworks makes organic hemp flower infusions. Danadan's products support our daily routine by helping to manage daily stress, 
promote healthy sleep, provide caffeine-free energy, and recover from activity-related stiffness and soreness. They also have CBD hemp flower infusion specifically designed for pets, which is great for Betty White. She uses it every day. Head over to arnerventures.com slash danadan hyphen hempworks to grab our amazing discount code and link. That's arnerventures.com slash danadan dash or hyphen hempworks. It's also in the show notes. Now back to the show. Okay, and then your book, is it finished? It's finished, and now I'm editing it. Uh, and sometimes it takes a breakup. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank I you. mean, I just think that sort of epitomizes everything that you've you've talked about with helping other people is that sometimes it takes a breakup. Sometimes it takes a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. Your, your life inspired you to write it. Are you putting in in there uh nuggets and things that you're you know that you um coach people with or kind of what's the synopsis yeah so um each chapter is a different lesson that i learned in love and so i share like my own personal heartbreak story or pattern or whatever it is and then i have questions for the reader to ask themselves so that Mm. they repeat what i did um and it was only about romantic breakups but and i've it honestly it's been written for like since 2018, 2019, 2018. Yeah. It's been written for a very long time, but it also hasn't felt like fully complete. And then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. And then I my wheel started spinning and I'm like, oh, because it's not just a romantic breakup. Like what happened to me in my personal life, like 2019, I lost everything, even my health, like everything mm-hmm. I lost. I, I had to give it all up. Like I had no choice. God was like, not today. You are going to back to Illinois. And as I laid there in my bed (laughs) with my social circle being gone, my privacy being gone, my freedom, so to speak, being gone, my um, presence on social media being gone, my ambition being gone, my house being gone, my car, my car was like only five years old. And suddenly I had to go to the shop for 45 days. Like, and then, and then the pandemic hit literally every single area of my life was a breakup. And wow. then I started recognizing that the whole world was going through a breakup. Yeah. Right? And so many not so great things happened, but so many great things happened. Like I know a lot of avoidant people who finally sat down and self-reflected and grew yeah. from it. And so I'm like, mm, I think maybe the book needs to be edited a little bit to encompass all of life's breakups, not just romantic. So that, that's what I'm working through on it right now. I'm curious, were you Miss Illinois during that? Like at the end of it, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And not not it was not the one on not the one on TV. There's like multiple pageants. So coming one. Um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. I mean, even having the the really good, I mean, you know the title and the sash and all that, that that's still a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like when, you know, when, um, I don't mean to be like, uh, unkind or I don't know what word I'm looking for by, by bringing her up and not knowing her name, but, but the pageant girl that, you know, jumped off the from uh, North Carolina. From, yeah, yeah. She was. Yeah. There. Yeah. I felt really passionate about that. Cause I'm like, I, I, like even beauty queens can feel like that. Like yeah. when you're listening and you have you feel depressed and things like that, it's okay. It's yeah. normal. And it's important to remember that, like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, feelings are just their their emotions. And emotions are just energy in motion. And they're meant to come through and we experience mm-hmm. them and they pass. But when they come through and we're like, I don't want to feel depressed. I don't want to feel this way. I should be over this thing by now. We're just holding on to it. You're just, it's not going to pass. What we resist persists. So give yourself permission to feel it in a healthy way that's safe for you and others. I will literally tell myself, Jack, because I can tell now, like I'm fortunate enough to be aware if, if it's hormones and not girl hormones, it could be from food. Like if yeah. my hormones are off, if it's a mental thing or a mindset thing on why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. And if it's an emotional thing and it's not a mindset thing, I'll find Jack. If you need to have a pity party, have your pity party. 
Mm. And it usually passes within a couple days. Sometimes yeah. one day I literally fought. This is when I lived in Denver. This is like five years ago, maybe. I fought all day not to cry. I just felt like I needed to cry all day and I had no idea why. And I was like, Jacqueline, stop it. You have stuff to do. Like, you have to work. So I pushed through all day and it took so much energy. And I finally sat down to go pee and I went, <laughs> and like half a tear came out. And I was like, that's it. Like, I'm, I felt fine. Like, that's what I've been holding in all day. Like, I spent so much time and energy not to do that. Like, that's stupid. So it's like, you feel it. It's just, oh, it's you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> oh, so you're, I, I want to make sure that we talk about this really quick is your, uh, your, your programs. And I saw that like you offer retreats, like, and, and the soul party. So can you tell us about, are you still doing the retreats? Are you, do you have anything coming up? And then the soul party, I want to know about that. Okay. So retreats, um, I have only been planning them for my clients who go through the burn program. We went to Dominican Republic. It was exquisite. It was the house next door to Oprah's. Like I didn't, I literally didn't even do the retreat. You guys, I didn't, my clients pulled up and they got out of the car and they said, I'm coming to the next one. It's <laughs> like, I haven't even done anything yet. Okay. This is great. Cause it was just like, it was, it was exquisite. It was just exquisite. So that's kind of like their celebration for themselves is usually what the retreats are. But I have been having a lot of people asking me, like, obviously I'm not in your program or I'm married or I'm not having these issues, but I'd love to go on a retreat. So there might, there might be more of those coming. Um, and then the soul party is I do sound healings. Do you know what sound healings are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I do, uh, I do sound healings. I'll do them virtually. I used to, I had a beautiful studio here in Chicago. I just closed it because uh, I was going to move to Austin. Um, yeah. But um, I would do full moon ceremonies and cacao ceremonies. So, yeah. and if, you know, if anybody's in person, I'll do that. But I do offer sound healings virtually. I'm going to have recorded meditations on there. Uh, so at the end of my program, like, um, or at the end of each like coaching session, I usually take people through a mini mini breath work or meditation or something like that. We're going to have to make sure that we stay up on, on all that, but we'll go over that in just a minute. Okay. I think we should go to your fast five questions. Yeah. Okay. So number one is coffee or wine? Water. <laughs> I was going to say, she might say neither. Yeah. Do you abstain from any, this might be personal, but do you abstain from any, any like stimulants, like coffee or anything that change, like wine, any substances? Um, I have, like, I, I, so before I worked on myself, I was noticing that I was having a glass of champagne, at least one glass of champagne every day. Mm -hmm. I started recognizing that. And I'm like, do I need to have a, a glass every day? Like, sometimes it would be a date. Sometimes it would be a networking event. Sometimes they can client out. Like, do I need to be drinking every day? And yeah. then I got into the program, and we also had to be sober in that program. And I had to get rid of my chocolate. I had to get rid of all my vases. And, but then I was able to add it into my life in a healthy way. Okay. That thing didn't control me anymore. Now I have control over those things. So I'll have a drink like uh, maybe like once, maybe twice a month. But like I want like a fresh, like fresh taste yeah. detail, you know? Yeah. Uh, it makes me like, <laughs> you give me one sip of coffee and I'm like, like my heart is like pounding out of my chest. I'm super anxious. I'm hyper. Oh, it's not cute. So yeah, that's, that's him. I use, I use the half calf. Yeah. I got the one little thing in half calf in the morning and I'm, uh, that's it. You're good. Go, I can really feel it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I wish I was like that. <laughs> yeah. To her, it's not like that. But, oh my God. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I drank co regular coffee for years and I don't even think I was aware. I just thought yeah. everybody was that way. <laughs> Me too. Around. I've yeah. never met anybody who felt it like I do. So that's nice to know. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And since then, I've been, I've been more aware, just reading on things that, that a lot of people do have that issue with caffeine. So. Yeah. So interesting. So number two, go to a party or host a party? I like doing both. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Going to a party. Because okay. then I can just go home and relax and I don't have to clean up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Number three, a run or relaxing in a hammock? Relaxing in a hammock. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number four, 
stay up late or get up early? I will stay up till five o'clock in the morning if I could. Like mm. such a night owl. Such a night owl. But I had like that was part of the reason why I was getting so burnt out and I had to go back to Chicago was because I could just all night, I could just be up all night. That's when I get creative. Yeah. 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 Well, we I'll tell you, I embrace this. Um, do you know who Scout Sobel is? Mm-mm. So Scout Sobel is, uh, she wrote a book called The Emotional Entrepreneur. She is very open about that she lives with bipolar disorder. And um, she has taken her mindset to where, and I love it because I can get, I'm very anxious as well. And, and you know, we could get into that a whole other podcast. But um, she made me feel better about, now look, I, I, I let me just preface it with mania yes, can be unhealthy. And I'm not saying that if you're manic, you shouldn't seek help. You definitely should. But when you're having episodes where you can't sleep, or if you're recognizing you've got just a lot of energy, maybe on the little mania side for me, um, she was talking about what she started doing was using that and saying, okay, I'm going to go and and be creative during that time. And I'm going to use it to my advantage in a healthy way. Like, I mean, I'm not talking about nights and nights, but so I now, if I have, and I do have some issues sometimes with sleeping, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I do not lay there and go, please fall asleep, please. I'll just get up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to use this time that I need to use my creative outlet. And I, it works really well for me. It doesn't happen all the time. But when I changed that mindset after talking to her, I was like, okay, okay. I'm going to embrace it. I love that. I love yeah. that. You know, I even wanted to write, I wanted to write another little book about that. Cause I think there's all the things about, you know, the 5 a.m. club or the 4 a.m., whatever it's, I'm not a morning person. So I don't even know what the name of the club is, but <laughs> there's all these books about how you have to get up early in order to be a successful person in life because the early bird gets the worm. But then I'm like, but then there are people like us, right? Where I'm also working when other people aren't working. Yeah. This is when I just get my natural creative burst and I'm like laser focused and it's like yeah. the world is quiet and it feels cozy to me. Oh, yes. Well, I, I read too, we're like in um, some about this where like in pre-industrial times, pre nine to five, Monday through Friday type of societies that people actually did because they had to go to bed so early because they didn't have lights, you know, their candles, they would go to bed when it got dark, then they'd wake up at about two in the morning and and maybe that's when they'd write their letters or do something creative mm. or walk outside and look at the stars. And then that was actually somewhat common in ancient times and, and, and then go back to bed and then you wake up when the sun rises, you know? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we should all get on that. I'm liking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Number five. And it, the most probing question of all uh, <laughs> save for last ketchup or mustard. Ketchup. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, we said that we're going to take a diagram one day and put everybody who says ketchup and everybody who says mustard. We don't ask the same questions of everybody, but we ask that question of every almost everybody, I think. Oh, yeah, pretty much. And then yeah. sometimes it's quick and simple like yours. And sometimes people, it gets really tough for people to <laughs> even talk about it. There's a lot of emotion with ketchup and mustard. <laughs> there is a that even on your profiles. People talk about the ketchup, like ketchup doesn't belong on a Chicago hot dog or something. Like, I'm like, who talks about why? Why is there so much emotion? It's like, I, but it is a thing. You're right. It's a thing. Yeah. People yeah. can get passionate. Sure. <laughs> well, Jackie, the question that we do ask everyone and a little bit more on the serious, but you know, we light if you want it to be is what does a life well lived mean to you? A life well lived to me means doing what you want for you and nobody else at the same time being an asset to society. Mm. That makes sense. So not with selfishness, but like not everybody fits into that box that society wants you to fit in. And so doing whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you happy and then being kind to other people around you. I think that you can like, like the biggest thing that I, I ask myself and my clients two things. One is if you don't ask, you'll never know. So ask the hot stranger out, like ask for your dream job. Worst case scenario, the answer is no. And you're in the same exact spot. Best case 
scenario, you got your dream job and a hot date. You know, like there's nothing to lose, <laughs> nothing to lose. And um, I always ask, have my clients ask themselves, and this is literally something that I'll do multiple times a day sometimes. When I'm 100 years old and I'm about to transition to the other side, will I regret not doing or saying that thing? Mm. And if the answer is yes, I do it. Mm. Giving an apology, whether it's reaching out to somebody, whether it's sending a scary email to collaborate with somebody, whether it is going for the, the job or the data or whatever, I do it because I don't want to be, I don't want to lay there and ever wonder what if, what yeah. if I'm in my life? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yep. That's really good. If you ask that, I think that it'll keep you aligned with living a life that's meaningful for you. Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally agree. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, Jackie, please tell our audience where they can find you, get connected with you, all of your offerings, find out when they're coming up because we're going to get on it. <laughs> how, how, how is that? <laughs> yeah. you. I hang out on Instagram the most. So um, Jackie underscore Pew. I'm sure it'll be in the notes somewhere. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, if you send me a message, I probably will not know because there's like that filtered mail, you know? know. I probably won't ever see it. So uh, I would either leave a comment on one of my posts letting me know that there's a message or best way is just go to uh, my website, which is linked in my bio, which is JackiePew.com. And you can fill out the contact form or apply to work with me. And I'm always checking that. I'm always there. And so we can get in touch there. Beautiful. We're going to link all, yes, like you said, link all of that down in the show notes. And I feel like we're going to have to have another one of these in the future because I have loved this. And I feel like we have so much more to talk about. But thank you so, so much for your time and for being here. Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun. You guys are, are delightful. And I wish oh. it was in the city because my group would be fun. <laughs> we always gain a lot of insight and I, I don't think this is any exception no uh, i think we gain a lot insight of insight here. i'm yep. excited yeah well, thank, thank you, you so much. have a good one guys i mean am i right or am i right I, again i wish now that we're we're done with the conversation we could just pop in some wow by post malone but we can't do that but you, you all get it now. You, you've heard the conversation and you get it that Jackie is, she has that wow factor. She's got a spark. It was just great, right? Well, yeah, it was, it really was. And the story of, of how everything she does came about was, was, was really inspiring. She took, uh, she took some lemons and she made lemonade, you know, and uh, yeah. 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 And she's just churning out the lemonade like it's nobody's business right now. <laughs> In complete seriousness, after this conversation, you know, we did, we cooked dinner after it because we, we did the conversation just before dinner. And I remember us talking about it and going, gosh, it, isn't it so great when you, you talk to someone who is really, we talked about this on the episode, but I'm just reiterating how much of an impact it had, who has really gone through some shit and, and really gone through some challenges and they're able to take it and turn it into helping other people maneuver through it. And I just loved that. Uh, me too. And that, that's just seemed to be the foundation of, uh, it wasn't necessarily our intention, but it, it seems to work out that way that our, that, that is kind of our guests that have usually, most of our guests have mm -hmm. usually gone through something like that and really made something, something good out of it. And just hearing those stories, you know, time and time again, it really, um, it's really nice to have that in your life to be able to talk to these people and hear their stories. Yeah. I think, first of all, I love that we now have a really good understanding of neuro-linguistic programming, oh, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I, it, you know, if I was a single, well, male or female, I would listen to her podcast. I'm going to listen to it anyway, because I think it's going to be really funny, but her podcast, Stop Fucking Settling. I would listen to it just because of what she was talking about, where at the end they swipe through the dating apps to talk about what these people are doing wrong on their profiles or, you know? Oh, yeah. I just, and I also thought it was really funny about the sarcasm. And when people are sarcastic, you know, what they're really covering up. I thought that was really interesting too. Mm -hmm. And how that's, um, it almost seems like that's more at, accepted now like uh or uh, like not as a 
a bad trait or something. And I, yeah. I think I was telling her like, uh, yeah, you know, these people, they probably meet and then they become very codependent because they think, oh, wow, now I can, we're just going to be so sarcastic together. And that's going to be the foundation of our relationship. <laughs> what a terrible relationship. I, I, I mean, maybe for them it would work, but I would not want to be a part of it. I would not want to be around them. Can you imagine? It's like no. a Saturday Night Live skit. I, it probably is. It probably is. I'm one. sure it has been at one time. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to definitely, we're going to, she's going to be all, all her stuff is going to be linked down in the show notes. But, but I know the thing that we are definitely going to look into is when she offers another retreat. I would love to go and do that. Yeah. And I think that she would just have so many wonderful nuggets to offer at a retreat. I mean, like so many of our guests have nuggets to offer, but I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like it would in the soul party and, yeah. and all that. It just, yeah, I'm, I'm sure she would be a, just a, a great person to lead that sort of event. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know of someone who would benefit from anything we talked about today or any episode, our guests or anything, please share it with a friend. It's a great way of supporting the podcast and us, and we really appreciate it. Another way of supporting the pod is by leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on the platform you're listening to us on. Oh, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button because that also supports us. We would love that. You can always find us, links we refer to during the show, and any of the podcast sponsors at arnardventures.com or linked here in these show notes. And until next time, enjoy that journey you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Adios. Arrivederci. Au revoir. Adios. Uh, sayonara. Alvida uh, Dos vidiniana.